And welcome to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we have uh, Kelsey Shalou in the West Coast studio. How you doing, Kelsey? Hey, guys, I'm doing great. How you doing back in Orlando? Awesome. We also have Sam. Hello. It's been a, it's been a hot minute since you've been on here. It has. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been like like six months, maybe. Okay. I'm yeah. In. Yeah. In. It's been a minute. It's been a minute or two. Um, so I guess on today's episode, we're going to try to our best to, to wrap up. 2018, my goodness, it's it. It feels like the, the this year has gone on for 20 years. This year's been five <laughs> years of, of long, hard Oregon Trail. <laughs> I have died of dysentery. Just f- fording many a river, yeah. just trying to get to the Pacific Ocean. I lost an ox. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah. So today we're just gonna we're gonna try to just talk about mainly focusing on you know the best and the worst as far as ad campaigns and just. Um, activations are concerned and and really just you know just just chopping it up and just kind of getting a, a gauge on how we felt about this year as far as advertising is concerned and um really just kind of looking forward i mean it's going to be at least two or three weeks before our next episode so we're going to try to make this one as robust as possible um so to kind of kick the the conversation off like let's 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 talk about some of our favorite let's start with the good right okay. you know let's start with the yeah, good and, yeah. and, and and talk about some of our favorite ads campaigns and just just activations that we remember from the from the past past uh 12 months so <laughs> I'll, i'm, I'm going to open the floor to you guys Oh my god. There's been I feel like there's been so much that's that doesn't feel like direct advertising. Right. Like there's been so many like brand deals and like influencer things that have kind of popped up. Mm-hmm. Um Kelsey, did you have any like general trends that you you were kind of attracted to cuz those are my favorite. Um not so general, but I do have like a really specific ad campaign that I really loved and like when I when I was thinking like back on the year what was my you know, what was the thing that really like hit me, stuck with me? And I guess the way that I judge it is like, what was the, what was a campaign that I like told people about whether they were interested in advertising or maybe like didn't really care. It just was like, yo, have you seen this? I have to show you. So I'm going to shout out Yeezy season six. Um, oh, really? Campaign. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I, like I just this. thought it was, spicy right I thought it bat. was just the coolest thing. Yeah. So that, that's like my very specific dialed in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just going to, I'll kind of give a rundown of like why I loved it, why I thought it was cool and unique. And in case anyone hadn't gotten the chance to see it, can redirect them to google.com to go look some stuff up. So, yeah, go for um, it. basically when Kanye was rolling out season six announcements. It kind of came out via his wife, Kim Kardashian West, on Instagram. And mm-hmm. um, she was being photographed, you know, what, what looked like paparazzi photographs. And I kind of like have heard that they were bought by Kanye West, that they were like pop uh, photos. But I also heard that they might be staged. I don't really know. Um, but she had been like wearing wearing season six and posting in it for a while without really commenting on what it was, not tagging anything or anyone. And then right. she kind of started to roll out that she was wearing season six. And uh, over a course of, I don't know, a couple weeks or a month, you saw all these other, um, not even just like influencers, but just celebrities yeah, on like Kim Kardashian's level. Kim Kardashian's level. like celebrity friends. Yeah, her yes, exactly. Her celebrity friends um kind of trolling the same the same look coming out of, you know, these kind of super um kind of spacey looking cars with these like futuristic outfits that were right. all season 6 and they all had the platinum middle part hair doing, you know, making themselves look as close as they could to Kanye or Kim Kardashian stepping out of these pics and that was a cool thing on social, but the thing that really pushed it over the like edge that I just thought was so so awesome was um you know Kanye got all of these pictures of of Kim of Paris Hilton of you know all these people that mm-hmm. were copying the look and just plastered them all over New York City subways right. and just kind of took completely took over um, subway stations and I actually think that's interesting too because thinking about it now we saw like a lot of people specifically in the hip-hop genre like take over subway stations with advertisings for their um for like new albums or anything like that like we saw it with Jay-Z's 444 album um oh yeah and was that this year yeah that was this year that, uh. I feel like it has to be this year uh so I think that's just like a cool note but yeah I just think it and, and you know it wasn't like they were just plastering like Yeezy six seasons in the you know hashtag Yeezy six season and you know images of just 
you know, clothing in the subway. Right. It was like the actual screenshots from Instagram, just like plastered everywhere. And I just thought it was so cool. And some people I showed it to were like, I hate that. Like, I feel like attacked <laughs> by that. I'm like, no, dude, this is attacked. so cool. <laughs> this is so cool. That's so great. that's my, that was like for sure my favorite campaign. And I also want to state that no one else could have like made it as cool as Kanye West and Kim Kardashian did. Right. I feel like it could never be replaced or if it did, it would like not be as cool as like what Kanye was able to do. So that's my take. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it never hurts to be, to be married to arguably one of the most <laughs> influential people in the country. So yeah. you're basically a walking billboard with a bunch of mm -hmm. famous friends that you can kind of like help augment that, that campaign for. But yeah, that was, that was great. I, as much, as much as I try to, to limit the amount of praise that I give the Kardashian clan, <laughs> yeah, I will give them, I, I will give them that one. It was, it was, it was pretty genius to, to utilize a platform that Kardashians were already kind of like, pretty much corner the market on and and use it mm -hmm. as pretty much their own personal billboard to to announce the the new yeezy season so yeah i'm, I'm, I'm totally yeah. on board with that one and not that like not that um you know ad cost or anything like that would get to trump anything that they were doing but what they did was essentially very very free you know all that all that they had to really pay for was ad space in the subway system but getting images and everything like that is right. all kind of done organ on the organic side and i think that that's kind of makes part of it cool is it's not this huge highly done up kind of collection or photo shoot it's just kind of happened pretty pretty naturally right. which God, i, just I think like is really cool I love that so much. I love the way that, like, we are generating hype now. Mm -hmm. Like, I, yeah. I'm sure that you guys, like, follow, like, if you're in the Twitter series, you follow Ariana Grande, like, duh. But her, <laughs> um, her, like, lead up to thank you next, mm -hmm. like, cause the single mm -hmm. dropped and then she was just dropping, like, little mean girls references everywhere in, like, the lead up to her video. Right. And she had, like, beyond the, behind the scenes stuff and she had, like, little outfits and, like, little teasers all over the place. And then one of the last things that she released was like a copy of her like burn book <laughs> from the video. And it was just like a picture on Twitter and she just dropped it. But like the way that we generate hype for releases of things, whether you're in the music industry, whether you're like dropping fashion, you like the way that we tease information mm -hmm. has really evolved. And I think that this is like the culmination of so many years of like developing that kind of hype train, mm -hmm. you know? I think that mm -hmm. like this year in particular, we've seen a lot of like with Black Panther, right? Like way under, which was also this year. Yeah, that was also this year. It feels like five years ago. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Infinity War made like it was three years long. Like you're sitting in the movie theater and you feel aged, right? <laughs> but um, you know, like that was really, really under advertised. But like Twitter hyped that movie, right? And for a great reason. Um, but I think that like the way that we hype stuff through like the power of social media mm -hmm. is so free and so accessible right. not free like open but free like literally free right and mm -hmm. i think that that's like just really interesting and it's it's so funny that you bring up like the fashion thing um to segue into like my favorite thing that happened this year was um taco bell and forever 21 put out a whole fashion collection <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yes and so did mcdonald's through uber eats wait a it minute like i remember the, the mcdonald's uber eats one but yeah. wait forever 21 and taco oh, yes. bell did a collab yeah they did like a full collab okay i gotta we talk about go this on, like, on the taco weird bell site and they'll send you like they'll send you weird um, partnership party like wares like they'll send you like a table spread and like masks and like little <laughs> picks to put in their food there's no food but they're like you know taco bell affordable okay yeah, I'm looking at the site right now. This is how did I not know about this? I would have. Totally I'm pretty sure we talked about this on like the pod, did, Brian. Did we? When we did, yeah. But I think it was so absurd. You, your brain just was like disassociated completely. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the yeah. That's <laughs> on the when we weird talked partnership. About brand, um, brand collaborations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. This is one of my favorite things. I just love the idea that I can have like a Taco Bell windbreaker. It just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it so much. They had, like, bodysuits that were, like, branded with their hot sauce packet. Mm -hmm. And, like, nothing on it says Taco Bell, but if you've been to Taco Bell the amount of times that I've been to Taco Bell, you, like, know what what all their, like, Yeah, that's, packaging. like, that's, that's iconic. Yeah, and they're, like, little inside jokes, but you can wear them on your right. body now. And that's all <laughs> that they needed to, like, sell out of that windbreaker. Huh. You know? 
Yeah, that's right. We did that's talk awesome. about that. Do you remember uh, the creative department was like all ordering Uber Eats that one day because you could get right. McDonald's I do hoodies? Remember. Mm-hmm. That was this year, too. We ended up getting a, um, one of our designers ended up getting a hoodie, I believe. Yeah, with yep. a Big Mac all over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Amazing. like, that was definitely like late 2017, early 2018 when a lot of brands were really like trying yeah. to do the whole almost like supreme collab, like trying to jump yes. on that collab culture. Yeah, like very. Mm-hmm. Like hip hop, like streetwear. Yeah, plus. I remember when, when Arby's yeah. did it. Arby's did like did they Arby's did they it? they didn't do a collab, but they like released their own um, clothing line. I'm pretty sure KFC did something for, um, similar too. I'm gonna send a yikes out on the Arby's. <laughs> <Yikes. laughs> KFC can maybe KFC had a really cool ad. KFC had their uh, FCK. Right, yeah, that was right, with that the, was, the, the, the empty so bucket, strange. yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. they they had a really big for those that don't know they had a really big scandal. I think it was mostly in the UK. It was in the UK where mm-hmm. uh, they were running out of chicken, and a lot of <laughs> restaurants had to like temporarily close. So they put out like a big you know PR move, and and they had this like whoops, right? Sorry guys, <laughs> uh, bucket with like a website that you could visit right. and all this you know like customer outreach stuff, which is really interesting. When I think KFC, I don't think you know like witty curse word adjacent like PR stunts. Well, I mean KFC is a brand that's that's spent a lot of time and effort towards like weird kitschy things. Yeah, yeah. Um like what's the latest that I feel like they 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 have like a new gimmick they almost had, like every quarter. Well, they have the kernel. Well, but yeah, and they, they swap the kernel out every yeah, every I like 3 weeks. They did like this commercial for Nashville hot chicken. Yes. And it was just the kernel like yelling. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the radio ad more than anything else because I don't watch TV, but like I do remember just like a, a dude like, hi, I'm KFC Girl, hot. <laughs> I don't even know. Wait, wait what did he, what, how did he sound? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you oh, bring man. me on the pod for sound effects. I remember. Right? I also remember they did the like sound SoundCloud collab. I don't know if it was necessarily yeah. a, cl- a collab, but they like m- basically made like minute long, maybe more than that, videos of. Uh, of just like bacon sizzling or chicken frying, oh, yeah. and they're like, "What yeah. does it sound like? That. Does it sound like a fire?" Yeah, I think you sent it to yeah. sent it to us too, and you're like, "Guys," <laughs> um, but they're like, "Is this a you know a campfire crackling or is it the sound of you know chicken frying?" And obviously yeah, it was I mean, I, I think they were frying. they were definitely trying to to ride the whole like ASMR like and white yeah, noise. they're definitely they're also like in the same field with Wendy's, so I feel like they're right. trying to stay in that kind of kitschy kitschy vibe right yeah. yeah they've definitely locked down the the brand affinity <laughs> was that the like post lanny your laurel thing i think it, it might it may have been around the same time it might have been like, um, i try to this? block out that that period there that was like a, at least an hour where there was a hot debate i it's just like i, I yeah, I I tried to stay away from those those yeah. conversations just because it was like the blue dress white dress thing yes. all over again. I was like, oh, is this, are we gonna do this like once a year where yes. we just like definitely screw with definitely. everybody's like senses? Um, but well, yeah. it's gonna be more than once a year. Like you got to think about like the meme economy, right? And how like, like it's, the turnover is very quick. It's getting faster. Very like quick. the meme it's calendar last year was like one meme a month, <laughs> and now it's like one meme every two weeks, right? It's definitely we're we're quickening the pace. Absolutely agreed, agreed. Um, so I guess the one of the favorites that's that stuck out for me this year um, was the video that um, Nike did for uh, "Nothing mm-hmm. Beats a Londoner." Um, it was done through Wyden and Kennedy London, I believe, um, and it was just it was it was it was very kind of animated, sort of cartoonish in a sense that it really gave you this really cool scope. About, you know, the different neighborhoods of London and how, you know, people kind of it's it's like there's that that grittiness that comes with being a Londoner and how you kind of have to like we'll we'll take it back. So a lot of people tend to have this idea of London, very dreary, very kind of like post industrial. Everybody's like a chimney sweep. Yeah, you know, like for Sherlock some, Holmes. Right, right. It's right. very, very, yeah, dra- very, very drab. Holmes. A lot of muted colors, right? Yeah. So, I go right to like Leeds and The Cure. Right. And like that, like, you <laughs> exactly. know, London calling type of thing. Exactly. It's just very, just very monochromatic. Um, and so this was kind of, this video was kind of like a refreshing kind of way to flip it on its head and, and show the the color figuratively and literally and the like, just the vibrancy of being a Londoner, being one of those, you know, 
true to form, salt of the earth, like gritty Londoners, mm-hmm. um, while still being able to tie in, you know, Nike's sports centric approach to things. Um, so yeah, and, and I guess I, the other ad that also stuck out for this this year was the Colin Kaepernick. Oh my God, Nike. I have so much to say. So I mean, this is pretty much going to be turned into a Wyden and Kennedy love fest by the end of this. <laughs> um, so yeah, that 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 um, those spots were also done by uh, Wyden and Kennedy for Nike, mm-hmm. and um, I think it was just aside from the 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 obvious implications of the ads you know just being able just kind of showcasing what it means to have to sacrifice everything if to stand up for something mm-hmm. um, right. and i think that's that, i think that wor- it worked because that's kind of what nike has been since the beginning and i think a lot of people don't realize that like nike is always a i guess kind of centered itself on the idea of perseverance and yeah. striving and be, be going against all odds and well it's you know, the waffle iron shoe the <laughs> have you heard that no. have you heard that story no it's like the way that nike started was like there's this guy who put uh some material in a waffle iron to try and make like a 3d like sole mm-hmm. for a shoe right and that's what started it huh. that's what started nike was like the the like weird bottom like rubberized sole because everybody else was wearing like you know basically like a Chuck Taylor like flat. right 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 like have you seen like Muhammad Ali's like boxing shoes yes there's like flat leather bottoms <laughs> right. so like he was trying to to um, create something I think it was a Japanese guy was trying to create something that would like stand up but also like provide better grip for like quick turns traction and stuff like, like that. that okay yeah didn't um, know so it was like a waffle iron thing. okay yeah he used like a just like a just household. a legit like yeah. George Foreman grill kind of like iron <laughs> and just just yeah, worked it out just figured it out <laughs> and um like went through a long process of like selling right that idea because everybody was like that's don't do that that's nuts um, but definitely part of their brand story about perseverance and invention and, you know, creating yourself and creating your brand. Um, and that's why they're a huge name. Right. Um, okay. So that's pretty much like our favorites. Uh, the ones that kind of stood out for this mm-hmm. year. So let's go to the, uh, the flip side of things, the bad. Can I just talk about like the 2018 midterm ads and how much i hate oh, turning well, into any television that's what, well, well that's what happens when you live in florida uh, like we're one yeah. of the we're one of the major states so you're gonna <laughs> you were going to get bombarded with political ads regardless well i don't it, no yes. matter where you live in the country i feel like it's a lot of political ads it is some of them are so bad like some of them are so bad <laughs> yes. like i was watching colbert and there was one that was like an, an ad god i forget i'm sorry guys i would love to give you some more details because um, I didn't write it down. But uh, this one ad where one of the um, one of the the people running was trying to do like a karaoke thing, right? Um, oh, God. Singing into a microphone directly at someone that was impersonating his running mate, like okay. impersonating like the person that he was running against. Okay, and it's just like the most cringy, like awkward. Like <sighs> they're trying to do the camaraderie, like with his constituents. They're all singing with him in the bar. Oh boy! But it's silent. <laughs> Behind that, there's no music playing. Okay, it's just people singing loudly in a bar, and it's the most awkward thing. I got through like 20 seconds of it because I figured out what was happening. I was like, I can't, I cannot do this. Mm-hmm. And there were so many, so many political ads this year that just like, yeah. oof, hire somebody, guys, yeah. hire a marketing personnel. Yeah. yeah, oddly <laughs> enough, that's the feeling that I get when I go into an actual karaoke bar. It's, oh. it's just very cringy. <laughs> I have to step back. I have no business being here. I just order like two <laughs> nice stouts and then I'm good. <laughs> just just double fist it and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guinness is a karaoke's best friend. There you go. Right? <laughs> but yeah, I do. I, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you on the, the whole political ad thing. It's just it's it's kind of one of those. It's one of those things that it's I don't even know if it's a necessary evil at this point. Like it's. Online advertising does you so much better. Right. You know, like tired mm-hmm. video ads on ne- normal TV programming. Right. Wired click through ads that give you the facts on a website that's well designed. That's what we need. Yeah. You know, people are looking for information way less than they're looking for. Did you know that this guy <laughs> is terrible? Yes, totally agree. Kelsey, what? I think when, Go yeah, I, so I think like when you think of uh, a house producing some kind of campaign, um, it's not typically their creative that's bad. It's typically like something that goes wrong in their messaging, something that maybe gets received by the public differently than they were anticipating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 
like unfortunately there were a lot of really good ads this year that got turned into bad ads because of timing right um so like you know they had this whole great campaign scheduled and it's really good on its own um but then it coincides with a natural disaster or something else happening in the world and that good ad has a message that kind of conjured or goes like hand in hand with that whatever this bad ad, uh or whatever this like world event might be so um a, an example of that is airbnb had a um it wasn't even like a huge campaign. It was just like an ad basically that was being launched. Um, and it had messaging along the lines of, um, you know, come and explore Airbnbs in the Caribbean or somewhere that was kind of islandy and tropical. And the tagline was um, come float away or come float away with us or something right. like that. And it it launched like on the day after of Hurricane Harvey hitting and like flooding out a bunch of people. And it was a great ad as it stood alone, but it gets kind of tongue-tied with um with current events and i think that when it when you know you think about houses and you know people that are hired to make good creative is you know it's typically the the bad timing or or i think messaging that gets like really really wonked and i guess the takeaway or like the lesson from that is like (laughs) make sure you're listening in to all outlets and if you are someone that's on an account like that and you can see it before it happens like cut it and make sure you get that to like come back if you can before it goes wide because you can hang on to that creative and in six months it'll be fine on its own you Mm -hmm. know like it's not like it's completely wasted and i think that um another ad that isn't on a timing issue but that had like it had really like they wanted it to be really good they meant really good but it just the public just kind of ate it up is you know the pepsi ad with kendall jenner and was that that in was that in 2018 yeah, wasn't it in the Super Bowl? Or was it a Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, it's 2018. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> Maybe it might not be Super Bowl, but it definitely was this year. Oh sure. my God! What? what where are we? <laughs> yeah, we are tired. Summer. That was this year. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, yeah. that one did fall really um, flat, though. Like that. That yeah, ad was not. But, and the thing is, it had like a great. Like they were, they really did mean good. And I, I guess the takeaway from there is like, yes, in 2018, and looking forward to 2019. I think we do want to talk. Um, about social issues, but you can't talk about social issues when trying to sell a product. You can talk about social issues when wanting to maybe sell your brand, but that's like a whole bigger aspect than a single you know, product. So you can't kind of just insert one of the Kardashian clans and you know hope that that piece is going to talk about this major you know issue in social just by trying to sell sell something. Okay. And I think that that's where it got eaten up. Gotcha. Well, just to just to clarify, the Pepsi the Pepsi Kendall Jenner ad was last year. Okay. Okay. Oh, it is twenty seventeen. It was yes, it was twenty seventeen. But I mean, it's still it still kind of applies. Just just that idea of just tone deafness. That's mm-hmm. still that's still something that uh, several agencies, in house or otherwise, still have are are kind of like tackling or dealing with. Just the idea of like mm-hmm. making sure that they're the the right voices are in the room when it comes to the creative process. Um, right. I think. They, I think the, based on this year's ads, they've gotten a little better, um, but mm-hmm. it's just that Pepsi ad failed so hard. It did. It did. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it kind of set the <clears throat> it kind of set the standard, like the the benchmark for you know what not to do when it comes to mm-hmm. to hawking a, a specific product or service. Um, but I mean, yes, I, I still think it applies even even a year a year or so later. Um, I think the one thing that I hate most as far as this year's ads are concerned is that stupid Bud Light dilly dilly. Oh my God. I don't understand it. I have read article after article. I have listened to people talk about it in conferences. It doesn't stop. I don't get it. It does not stop. I was at Universal doing like a passholder preview thing for like the Grinchmas thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, And somebody in the crowd said dilly dilly because they like had bought a beer and the whole crowd just like erupted with like a response that and like i didn't know where i was i, I like, <laughs> felt like oh god like where have like, i transported myself dilly dilly, it I, doesn't die like i i want it to go away you and know and i and i think a lot of my frustration is just born it's born out of like not so much oh this is stupid i hate mm-hmm. this it's like oh why did i think of this like why didn't i th- you know why wasn't I able to come across this and apply it to something that we've done for one of our clients cuz it's just it's that idea of it's 
and this is just a theory, I think it kind of elicits this sense of camaraderie. Like it's yeah. it's like it's it's an arbitrary word that's repeated twice over that can be replaced <laughs> with any actual salutation, like hear here, mm-hmm. cheers, things like that. Um so it's just it's really just I think it's supposed to harken back to that idea of camaraderie and but using a very arbitrary set of words. I mean, part of me feels like Bud Light was tro- is trolling us, just trolling us all. Well, their <laughs> ads for it felt very Old Spice meets Renaissance Festival. Right, right. You know, like they felt very like um, just a lot of period pieces, just like outlandish, pieces. very like Tim and Eric esque. Yeah, like this this like uh, pseudo like tongue in cheek comedy mm-hmm. where like you know that it's like meant to be funny but it's meant to be funny to the point where it's right. kind of ironic. So I guess it, it so it speaks to the audience. Yeah. It speaks to that audience it, that enjoys it. that. They went for it. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. That, I'm and, and I have saved it. It's because you're not the target audience. We're not the we're target, target audiences no, for that. Target. So of course it's not going to it's not going to resonate as much with us as it would with somebody else who kind of understands that yeah. that like you said, that tongue in cheek, almost like slapstick Will Ferrell yeah. kind of They went approach. for the Bud Light crowd and they won the Bud Light yes, crowd. Absolutely. They super yeah. did. Yeah, there's then that's that that goes back to the idea of just knowing your audience Outside and catering to your audience. A yeah. very shameless audience, but an audience nonetheless. <laughs> you gotta be shameless to drink Bud Light. <laughs> no, we're not gonna no shame. Hate. No, no hate. product shaming. We're not product shaming. We're not. You we're know, not shaming here. You know, because you, you never know. They might want to be clients one day. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> um, so to kind of like wrap that up, uh, were there any kind of like? There was one theme that I thought that I kind of noticed with a lot of ads this year, but were there any kind of common concepts that you guys saw with uh, with ad campaigns that you kind of studied over this past year? Boof. I don't know. I think that the the I don't know if it's necessarily specific to what they were trying to um, market. I think that you know the the, the people that I'm following are paying close enough attention to. Like mm-hmm. at this point, it's just part of who they are and part of their brand. So how they work in different um, kind of trends or collaborations. I don't I don't know if I can necessarily say that that was like a consistent theme that a bunch of people you know got on board with. Right. But as far as like certain industries that I was interested in. Um, I think you saw that. I think that we kind of already talked about this, but like collabs after collabs after collabs after collabs was like very prominent as like in, you know, food mixing in with fashion industries. I think that we saw, you know, not necessarily again like that. That's really new. But I think that there was kind of that, I don't know, hype beast around all those collabs that made them seem a little bit extra or a little bit more. um, Yeah, like I guess more important. Um but yeah, I don't I don't know if I saw anything that was like super consistent across multiple industries. It was more of like specific industries that I was paying close enough attention to. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're right. I feel you? like I've seen a lot of collaboration work happening, but like a lot of it in like the fashion slash like makeup yeah. slash, you know, like music worlds. I think that all of those mm-hmm. have kind of collided and like the way that we consume like our day-to-day goods is kind of changing and like not necessarily like for better or worse just it's it's different now like I think Mm -hmm. that this year one of the trends that I noticed was you know as like Amazon and online buying becomes more popular it's it's becoming a staple now Mm -hmm. to the point where like every time I go to make a purchase I sort of look for it but all the brands that I notice have some kind of collab or influencer on some kind of a social media platform behind it. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that I think that collaboration with other companies that are that have similar goals is becoming very much the norm and has very much been a trend this whole year. Yeah, I I agree with that for sure. Um I think the the one trend that I saw and I think it was kind of end capped with Wyden Kennedy's um Colin Kaepernick ad is just that idea of like brand brand activism. Oh, fully. Um can I launch into that a little bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can talk about it. I, like, wrote down some notes that just says inclusivity and social commentary is no longer an option. It's a requirement. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. And I think that that is 100% true of, like, 2018 in advertising. We were a big politics year. Mm-hmm. It was a big, like, overhaul year. For sure. It has felt very long. <laughs> but, like, the idea that you can you can put out an ad without some kind of, like... PR team behind it to sort of check it for 
every option, mm-hmm. like Kelsey was mentioning earlier, like knowing your timing, like right. knowing your audience, right. understanding what's happening in the news, having a finger on the pulse of what this ad says about your brand socially and fiscally and, you know, in, in a responsible way. Right. Like you can't be irresponsible with your advertising anymore. Um, or at least if it happens, you have to catch it immediately. Like we're we're outside of the years where you can put out something and then put out an apology because mm. right your brand's gonna get canceled. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fully canceled. Yeah, we're we're knee deep in cancel Within culture. Within the hour, we yeah. are knee deep in cancel culture. <laughs> um, but that's why I love that Colin Kaepernick ad so much because Nike was talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks, and we're still talking about it right now because right. they understand the value of taking a stance and and the value of sponsoring Colin Kaepernick and why they continue to do it and why it's so important for not just their business as a whole, but for their audience. Mm -hmm. And taking that stance isn't about bravery for them. It's about like general smarts and their, Mm -hmm. you know, their inclusivity team and their, their, their social, um, their like social responsibility shines right through Uh in that advertisement. And I think that they nailed it. Agreed. And I think, uh, uh, but I guess on the flip side of that is I I hope it doesn't become a situation where we as a society have to rely on brands to kind of be the the, the, right. the harbingers of yeah, morality, know. you know? Yeah, and that's, like, that's not something that, that we should have to look towards a multi-billion dollar company to tell us like, hey, maybe that's not a good thing to think. Yeah, like, maybe I mean, that's a terrible belief <laughs> to Amazon have. really showed us that this year too. Yeah. They got in a lot of trouble for their ethics practices and right. the way they treat their employees mm-hmm. and that was a, a super big news story I don't think that they're going anywhere I think that they're such like a, a in-house staple yeah, that they're we've... not really going anywhere but like it definitely makes you think twice and that's that had to be a big PR day for them for sure and or, I think and it, it's got to continue to be a big PR thing right and then they end up like upping their their minimum wage they to raised 15? their minimum wage yes um, but they haven't solved their like employee turnover right. problem right um, same with Disney. They upped their, their minimum wage to mm-hmm. $15 an hour because mm-hmm. um, there was like a big – I don't think that it went to class action, but there was a lot of like picket signs in the Orlando like community Okay. Um, to raise the Disney minimum wage. And they did, but they took away a lot of PTO mm. from their full-time mm-hmm. employees and they, they lost some other benefits that I won't name because I don't know them. Gotcha. Um, but they, they had to finagle some stuff around to make that happen. Gotcha. Well, I mean, in the spirit of always trying to keep uh, one eye towards the uh, future of things, uh, let's kind of jump into some of our, let's put our like uh, our soothsayer hats on and try to figure out what 2019 kind of has in store mm-hmm. for the ad industry. So um, uh, we've already kind of talked about one of my predictions, just the idea of, you know, purpose-driven advertising and, and, and social activism of brands. You know, that's that's something that several brands have already showcased this year alone. Um, and so I, I truly believe that that's going to be a trend that kind of picks up steam going into 2019 as more companies try to kind of look inward and determine whether or not you know what what are their practices affect how are their practices affecting the environment you know are how are their practices affecting society uh the 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 workforce and just general infrastructure and you know people are going to i think brands are going to be more like i said introspective about that and then taking that that research and kind of shifting the way that they do things. Um, wasn't it Lego? I think Lego not too long ago completely changed their, the way that they do things logistically to where they, they like reduced waste. Like I think, I think they like reduced their overall waste product waste or something along those lines where Mm. they've phased out something, I think three years before they were supposed to, before they were slated Mm. to. So, I mean, that's just one example of like, like I said, companies kind of looking inward and being more conscious about how they do things and then, you know, having that show outwardly. Um, but um, the other prediction that I kind of had was, and this is more wishful thinking because I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm, 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 I'm increasingly tired of people trying to market to millennials. Yes. We don't have any money. <laughs> I'm broke. We're done. <laughs> we are still paying for student loans from colleges that we graduated from almost a decade ago. Yep. So I my 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 prediction is that there's going to be an increased targeting of the Generation Z uh, group of people. But conversely, I think I think certain brands are going to start taking a second look at baby boomers. 
Because, um, I mean, mm. what, the youngest boomers are probably in their late 50s, yeah. maybe early 60s. And so there's still a lot of potential there to kind of address many of the needs that babe, the baby boomer generation has, whether it's retirement, wealth management, you know, what to do. Like maybe you have to go in and get another new, new job going back into the workforce, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there, are, there are opportunities, excuse me, there are opportunities and within certain industries, certain sectors where I think it, it would behoove certain brands to kind of, again, take that second look at the the boomer generation when it comes to marketing and advertising. But um, I'm curious as to what y'all's uh, predictions are as far as 2019 is concerned. Yeah. Well, I'll just write off of you real quick with the Gen Zs and say that not only will we be talking to them more, but for the first time, we'll really get to by the end of 2019, we'll really have case studies from Gen Z because Gen Z is kind of coming into the place where they do have a little bit of purchase power. For sure. Um, So I think that we'll, you know, it's always up to this point. It's been research, research, research about Gen Z. Um, But now that we get to play, um, um, not play with them as in like a bad thing, but now that we get to like, you know, put them into the field, we'll edit that. Um, we do get to kind of like get more data and information from them, which we'll get to create, create case studies around, which will be really cool and exciting and definitely refreshing because there has been so much about, you know, millennials for a long time. Um, but I guess the thing that I would be say I'm most excited for and looking forward to is the rise of immersive retail stores. So and, tell me about this. Uh, yeah, so I kind of like print. Like people think print's gonna die, and like people say, oh, online shopping is a staple, and it totally, totally is. But the retail experience is still. Um, it's just so different than something that you're going to purchase online. And I feel like some of, I don't really get to go to the stores, you know, stores that often. But mm-hmm. when I do, if I walk into an REI, like you don't have to spend a single dollar to go to REI and enjoy your time there. Like right. it's just, it's a whole it's a whole experience and like what you get to see and you know touch and just all the pictures and everything it's like really really amazing and i'm sure you guys can think of stores in your own preferences that feel that way but um retail stores are going to become even more immersive not just in like the layout and the design of their stores but actual um you know there'll be more product testing like live product testing depending on what the industry is there'll be um you know installations that maybe don't even have that much to do with that product or the thing that they're selling, but it's still, you know, relevant enough. I was walking, I was recently in London myself and I was walking with my partner and there was a Google store and I've never actually seen a Google Play store before. Um, And I was looking inside of it and there was all these crazy things happening and like all these stations with different installations. And um, Clay was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, that's an immersive retail store, obviously. Like, come on. (laughs) I, you know, I took a closer, yeah, duh. I took a closer, like, looking to see what was happening. It was just like, I honestly couldn't even begin to explain to you some of the things that they were, there's, they were so just kind of absurd, but they were, they were being, they were able to draw people into this store off of different kinds of installations and games and setups in this retail shop that would ultimately show them something about, you know, the Google product or right. you know what Google is doing. And, and whether it's for tech or it is for, you know, outdoor gear or it's for, you know, makeup, like they are going to be an increased effort. I, 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 I say this um, hopefully, but also quite confidently, because um, I think that immersive was like also a very big buzzword for 2018. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was like it was like a, it's like very slow gears turning. And I think in 2019 we have the like technology and the foundation to really like kind of rock it out on that immersive trend. Um, so yeah, and I think. I think it's just going to be like, instead of it just being like a pop-up, like what you would expect from a company doing a pop-up is going to become what the norm of like the retail store. I if love that pop-ups. sums I it love, up. I love like the the brunching of it. Mm. I'm a homebody and don't like to be awake in the morning hours. But um, <laughs> like, like I have heard so much about like, oh yeah, we're going to like do brunch this year and probably last year. But um, like the, the idea that like, you set apart several hours of your day to right. like go and be in this like pop-up store because you can't miss it mm-hmm. and there's something there that's exclusive there's something there that you're not going to get anywhere else right and you're going to be like completely surrounded by it so like kingdom hearts 3 is coming out mm-hmm. and um disney springs is doing a pop-up store where you can play a demo of the new game at disney springs and they have to cut off occupancy 
to it because sure. it's such a popular pop-up thing. And it's only going to be there for, I think, 10 days. Um, but it's absolutely super successful and I've seen it all over the place. I, I love like that immersive idea and the idea that like you kind of can't get it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's mm-hmm. a unique feeling. Yeah, you can't, you can't get it online. And I think that right. people, um, people love the convenience of shopping online and that's what we do it for. But it's not necessarily for the experience, you know, but to get that, that feeling like Sam was saying, um, I think we'll just see, see more of that and it will be like less pop up and more of like, this is what we do now. I mean, I definitely agree. So I I wanted to go back really quick and you were talking about the Google play store. It's just interesting. And and this might be before your time, but there were these, there were these established establishments called CD stores, right? Oh yeah. Tower records. Like tower records, FYE. like, and, and it's so funny that when you talked about that, I was like, like, why does that format sound so familiar to me? It's like CD yeah. stores did the same thing where it was like you were able to go in, put on a, put on some headphones and listen to new releases. And, mm-hmm. you know, they had artist signings and mm-hmm. like like live concerts at certain at certain mm-hmm. venues. And it's just it's it's interesting. I know we've talked about this before, how, you know, things kind of come full circle, like it like this boomerang effect, like it comes back to you just in a different packaging. Yeah. So, definitely. but um, Sam, I, I I was curious if there are any predictions that you had, maybe like one or two that that you think really stand above the rest that you think are, is going to come in 2019. Um. Well, I think that I don't think there's anything new. I mm-hmm. think that we're just seeing continuations sure. of technologies that, like Kelsey said, have kind of already been established and they are the new norm. Right. So, like the instant delivery thing. Mm. I think has grown a lot this year and I think that we are moving into an era where it is the new norm. Right. I got really into like instant Amazon deliveries this year. Like very, very into it. <laughs> Just real into it. <laughs> oh yeah. Like Amazon pantry and all that stuff. Right. Um, and you know, so many like meal boxes and subscription services and all that stuff. And um, like the idea that I can, I can have something from China in my house. That's like a very specific craft supply mm-hmm. um, within two days is absolutely wild to me Um, but I think that the tech that we have implemented into our lives has stopped being like new and shiny and is now a staple right like the Google Home that I have in my house I was talking to it and I wasn't in the same room as the Google Home Mm -hmm. and I was like wait why isn't the thing I asked happening right now because I was too far from it to hear me and I was like oh god what kind of Blade Runner 2098 <laughs> thing have I done to myself? Um, but, you know, those those pieces of tech are, are becoming household items and right. becoming things that we kind of can't live without. Um, we can live without them, but I think that they're, they're becoming much more normal. Um, and I think that the market of those is going to, you know, really, really keep growing and, and become more and more and more normal. Yeah. I think that this is the first year where we've really had, like, Amazon Alexa and Google Home and smartwatches and, you know, like more intelligent, um, intelligent, uh, like smartphones are becoming a norm. Mm-hmm. Like the face ID thing. Right. Those face ID commercials for the the new iPhone mm-hmm. were stunning. Like just beautiful. Apple always kills it. Apple always does <laughs> really beautiful advertising. But, you know, those little conveniences right. are becoming so normal now. Yeah. Um, and that's that's my like prediction for 2019. Well, I mean, for the record, my Samsung had Face ID way before the iPhone did. So, I mean, but, you know, yeah. that's a different conversation for a different time. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so um, to, to, to wrap up this episode and thank you guys for your predictions um, to wrap up this episode, I, I kind of wanted to do a, we, I feel like we have to do it, you know, a year end end of year episode. Uh, take it or leave it. Sam, you Woo. remember this game, right? I love this game. OK, OK. And Kelsey, you are very <laughs> familiar with this game. I got it. I'm ready to go. Okay, so it's going to be rapid fire, and um, I just want to kind of get your 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 thoughts on whether or not you want to take or leave these uh, these topics. So, first one: ad blockers. Take it or leave it. Leave it. Absolutely. <laughs> leave it. Yes, for yep. sure. Leave it. Leave for it. Sure leave it. But I, I I say it with a caveat. I mean, I think I think ad ad blockers are a good reminder to our industry that we we yes. need to we need to pick up pick up the the, the creativity. Yeah, like we need to yep. we need to be a little more focused in how we serve ads. Maybe not not go into it with a, a shotgun approach because um, I think that's that's basically why ad blockers were kind of created. Yeah, feeling it's just, spammed. Right. Yeah. Right. Is why yeah. they exist. 
So, I mean, I, point. I think it helps if we, we, we as an industry and as professionals in that industry do what we can to kind of break through the clutter. So we don't, we don't force people to create ad blockers that, that do the work for them. Um, so yeah, but I would, I would still leave it though, because you know, keeps me from being able to do my job yeah and i like yep. being on reddit and seeing the little message in the corner that's like thank you for not li- using right. an ad blocker here is a cute i'm animal. a good citizen like, appreciate you whitelisting us yeah. <laughs> awesome so that's a, that's pretty much a leave it all around sweet sweet yep. sweet um so next one celebrity endorsements take it or leave it i'm on the fence about leave this it one. on the fence wait what'd you say kelsey i'm gonna leave it so okay, so that's interesting. It's interesting you said leave it when, you, especially when you brought up the your one of your favorite ad campaigns being the, yeah. the Yeezy season <laughs> six that explicitly uses a celebrity in order to endorse the product. So I'm, I, I want to, I kind of want to yeah, get that into is your mind. Contradicting, I guess, because I'm also not purchasing Yeezy, so right. it's not. It doesn't really. I liked what they did as a stunt, but okay. like for me to get targeted to things I like with a celebrity endorsement doesn't mm-hmm. really matter that much to me. Like I wouldn't be swayed one way or another based off of like something for me. So like, I guess, yes, that is definitely contradicting what, <laughs> how I started and now I'm ending it. But I think that the, the like silver lining there is like, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm interested in what, Yeezy's doing but I'm also not like a consumer or going to be purchasing something from that collection so like to watch it as like a stunt was cool but for me to get served an ad on Instagram from like a celebrity talking about something Mm -hmm. like it's not gonna really yeah most of the time they don't don't sway me like Jennifer Aniston's voice on Spotify trying to sell me smart water (laughs) like I just it's not gonna happen it's not I, I it's just water it's, I can add yeah. my own electrolytes. But it's Jennifer Aniston endorsed water. Whatever, Rachel. I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. Um, I don't know. I think under the right circumstances, I would take it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because as much as I try to subscribe to that kill your heroes culture. Yeah. There, I mean, there's something inspiring or there's something that still inspires a large amount of people to buy certain things or buy into certain things because a person that they idolize is doing the same thing or like at least endorsing done, it. I like it when it's done right. Like Matt Damon uh, for water.org. Yes. Like I like it when it's done like that where right. it's like for, you know, it's not like super directly a product. Right. And it's a it's a cause that you it's can get cause. behind w- yeah. without feeling like you're a conspicuous consumer. Yeah, and it, it, it comes at a cost that's like, you know, affordable to you and right. it's, it's definitely like an approachable, you know, like product. I, I guess Smart Water is kind of the same thing, but... Mm, yeah, to a slightly lesser it's, extent. It's, it definitely doesn't have that like charity, you know, sort right. of thing. I feel like there's a, pla- a time and a place for celebrities... Um, there's a good way to do it and then there's like a bad way to do it. You know, mm-hmm. there's like water.org and then there's like the St. Jude commercials that right. are like real sad <laughs> and like really need to update. Like I need like a, a big slam on the refresh button. <laughs> you don't, you mean you don't, you don't like Sarah McLaughlin singing at you about in the arms of an angel. <laughs> <laughs> you mean that, that, that approach doesn't do it for you anymore? <laughs> it, it doesn't. I'm a hard, hardened interior. <laughs> like I can't do it anymore. So it's it's more so that, that that difference between like something like charity water or something like that versus Tom's yeah. where you have to buy something in order to to, to participate, yes. so to speak, in the charitable part of it. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. OK. I can see that. Uh, Kelsey. Yeah. Um, I had a, 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 a we'll, we'll go back to it, but I wanted to okay. I wanted to finish this last one. Um, sure. Influencer marketing. Take it or leave it. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> no. I'm taking it. I love influencer marketing. Okay. Why? Um, I run a Instagram that's my oh. personal business. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I feel like um, like the, the dawn of like good, like I, like we were talking about earlier, like earnest like influencing mm-hmm. is is um, the new mode. And I think that that's really way more important than any like celebrity endorsement. Right. Maybe that's the difference between like celebrity endorsement and like influencer marketing is that like one of the Kardashians can try real hard to sell me slim tea. Right. But like <laughs> when someone who I really like, who's like a, you know, like boundary breaking, like gender queer, like makeup influencer, right. is like, I really liked this product. I'm like, Go off, like give me it. I'm absolutely here for it. Um, and I think that there's like a way to do it 
well. Right. Like if you're saying every single product that a company has sent you is incredible. Mm. But like if you're a legit influencer and you say, I really like this. These are the setbacks. Like this is what I don't like. I absolutely look to influencers or gamers who are, you know, they have this one headset or, um, you know, people that would say like, I really liked this video game or I really liked this product or I really liked working with this like craft material. I'm all about it. I'm here for it. So Kelsey, yeah, you I, said, I definitely yeah, you like said leave it. just rock off of that. And yeah, I'm I'm leaving it, but everything Sam said, like, yes, I totally agree with and also yes, have been like positively influenced by people in like my you know respective um influencer world so i think that it is a really really great thing and i think that influencer marketing is yes more genuine and maybe i don't really know about like the success level but definitely can come off more authentic and genuine than celebrity endorsements the only reason i'm leaving it is because 2018 was so there was just so much influencer marketing (laughs) and for right now i'm just kind of tired and like done with it and i feel like I was really interested in it at the beginning of 2018, mm-hmm. and now I'm just like, I need to purge my Instagram account. Like, I need to unfollow <laughs> all of these people, which I like did, and it feels great. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so I'm, I, I like love it because it is good stuff. But I'm leaving it in 2018 for now, just because I'm like, I'm just kind of tired of it, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, and I, yeah, and I, I kind of agree with you there. And I think the, the the nail in the coffin for me was when Payless ran that that the the pay, they made that Paylessy mm-hmm. uh, pop up shop. And if you guys heard yep. about this one, it's fairly fairly recent, where they basically took a lo- bunch of Payless shoes and dressed up the storefront in the mall, and they invited a bunch of fashion influencers in, and they, they not, little did they know that like it was just all Payless products, but they priced it up just to see how much person was willing to pay for a pair of shoes based on the setting based on the Mm -hmm. setting and And like the other people that were like viable like kind of vouching for it right and so Uh. it just completely duped all of these fashion influencers Mm. and so it definitely didn't help the cause um, just because you know, if you if you are if you've done any kind of influencer marketing, you know you've had to deal with bots and whether or not someone had an actual like a true engagement rate for their accounts and and, and things like that. So there's always been that skepticism with influencer marketing. And I think for like I said, for me that that publicity stunt was kind of like the again the the the, the final straw for me. So for 2018, I I think I'm going to leave. As a social media manager, I'm going to leave influencer marketing for now until I can see more evidence that, you know, the, the, the practices are legit and, you know, the, the people who are who are kind of endorsing these products are are also legitimate, you know, legitimate mm-hmm. account holders, too. So, yeah, I think it's about like the circles that you run in and like, right. the accounts that you follow. And, yeah. You know, you kind of find like a you find influencers that you you like mm-hmm. um, and you get to watch them like make themselves. And then there's like, you know, the whole the other side of influence right. that is very much triggered by like I have 28,000 Instagram followers right. and that's their like call. Right. You know, there's there's a there's good and bad. To all of yeah. It. Always be wary of any any influencer, quote unquote, who leads with the number of followers that they have. Yeah. Be mm-hmm. wary of that. Be very um cool so i mean that basically wraps up this uh this episode i i would say the 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 final episode of 2018 but um you never know we might we might have to do an emergency pod who knows weird (laughs) stuff happens in this industry every day so uh be on the lookout but if you don't hear from us again we uh we wish you happy holidays and all that jazz and a fantastic new year um so i want to thank sam uh for coming in taking some time out and uh, Kelsey, as always, for being, uh, you know, my my right hand woman on the West Coast. Um, you got it. My pleasure. And uh, for every, everybody out there in listener land, uh, as always, if you have any questions, comments or concerns, be sure to send them to provoke. Uh, that's P.R.O.V.O.K. at evoke dot com. And uh, follow us on all of our social media accounts to keep up with our contributions to the advertising world. Um, and as far as today's quote is concerned, this is from the the ever esteemed T.S. Eliot. And he said, for the for last year's words belong to last year's language and next year's words await another voice. So with that said, y'all take care. Mm-hmm.